Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. You know it's strange, but true. The most important turning points of life often come at the most unexpected times and in the most unexpected ways. Most of us can easily identify that one moment in life where things were going in one direction and then out of nowhere, we intersect what we didn't anticipate. Yet, that can be a good thing because oftentimes we will only understand the miracle of life when we allow the unexpected to happen. Thankfully, Jesus understands this about us as he has done some crazy radical things to show us the crazy radical love of God. Let's take a look at the five craziest things Jesus did as we continue the Upward Journey. Upward family, can we stand and just give applause and honor for those who've gone before and given their lives so that we could worship freely this morning. We honor them today. We offer our continued prayers to their families. You may be seated. Let's remember this weekend why we celebrate. Well, we want to welcome everybody today to a wonderful Sunday. We're baptizing 15 people this weekend. I think it's the most we've ever baptized in one weekend. So excited to see people publicly declaring their faith in Jesus Christ, and especially these kids. Isn't it a beautiful picture when dad gets to baptize his children or mom gets to baptize her children? Beautiful picture. Well, today, if you're visiting with us today, and we know some are, if you're here for the first time, you're here on the tail end, the very conclusion of a series we've been in for six weeks. And this series is called Crazy Jesus. Not because we think Jesus is crazy, he's certainly not, but because Jesus did some crazy stuff. Jesus did some things that just make me wonder what in the world. Did he do anything crazy for you? Has he done anything crazy in your life? Did you just say, Jesus, what? Any of you, I still say that to Jesus from time to time. I don't mean it disrespectfully, but I'll bow down sometimes at the sofa or wherever and say, God, what in the world are you doing? What was that? Today we're looking at what Bible scholars consider, many of them, the craziest thing that ever happened in Jesus' ministry. And some people who read the Bible, if you jumped into the Bible to this for the first time, you would have thought, man, this is a crazy book. Here's what happened. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus is in a boat with his disciples. They go through a storm. They get to the other side of a sea called the Sea of Galilee. When they get off the boat, immediately when they get off the boat, the craziest man in town comes running out, yelling, screaming, and howling. Jesus tells the devil, Jesus said there are demons inside of this man, many, many of them, and Jesus commands these demons to come out of this man, and the demons start talking through the man. The Bible said nearby there's a herd of 2,000 pigs, as if this story's not crazy enough, there are pigs in it, 2,000 pigs, and the demons ask Jesus, don't mess with us, please. You're, we know you're going to cast us out. Send us into the pigs. And Jesus is like, okay. They go into the pigs. I, I'm sorry. Those of you who are here for the first time at Upward, you're going to go away saying, 
We went to Upward, and what they talk about today? Demon-possessed pigs. It's in the Bible. The demons go into the pigs, and the pigs go mad. And run. at that place, there are cliffs that go down into the sea. The, the, the pigs literally run off the cliff and fall into the sea and perish. Is that not a crazy story? Yes, it is. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. When you look at it with your normal lens of life, that sounds really, really crazy. Mark 5 is filled with crazy stories. You see, Mark chapter 5 is a chapter that demonstrates Jesus' power and proves that he is a powerful Savior. And I want you to understand this morning, if you follow Jesus Christ with all your heart, you are following a powerful Savior. In Mark chapter 5, he touches a man and reveals his power over demons. In Mark chapter 5, the next story is a woman touches him and reveals Jesus' power over disease. Later in this chapter, Jesus speaks life to a little girl who is dead and shows his power over death. So we have him touching a man, a woman, and a child, showing his power over demons, over disease, and even over death. We serve a powerful Savior. The gospel that we preach, the good news of Jesus Christ, is a powerful message because it points us to a powerful Savior. Let's look at Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read you verses 1 through 20 this morning so we'll all be familiar with the story. Mark 5, 1 through 20. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large, large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into the pigs, those spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw, listen to this, they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. And all were afraid. I was more scared of him before than now. But all were afraid. For those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs... And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. 
I don't get that either. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who'd been demon-possessed, this is so sweet and so beautiful, the man begged to go with him. So beautiful. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family. That's pretty cool too. He had a family he'd been estranged from, and Jesus said, go back to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he's been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for them. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Today I want to talk to you about three things. Number one, the reality of the supernatural world. Number two, the operation of demonic spirits. And number three, the power of Jesus Christ. This poor man had a demonic problem. You say, now preacher, do you really believe in demons? Yes, I do. I believe in demonic spirits because Jesus believed in them. Now, I don't go crazy in my beliefs about demons. Have you ever seen a person who uh, they thought every problem was a demonic problem? I sat down at a table with a person like that one time, and they were eating a hot fudge sundae, and they prayed to rebuke the demons of calories out of the hot fudge sundae they were about to eat. And I would like to say, it don't work that way. And if you think there's a demon in your Sunday, don't eat it. I don't believe there's a demon behind every tree. And I do not believe every problem is a demonic spirit. Every situation you come up against is not a demon to be rebuked. But I do believe in demonic spirits because Jesus believed in them and the Bible says that they are real. Excuse me if that's too simple for some people who are listening. I'm just as simple as that. The Bible says it and I believe it because God's word has proven itself to be true for thousands of years. And if it's in here, I believe it. Some say, well, in the New Testament world, they didn't really correctly understand mental health or mental disorders and they simply labeled things they didn't understand as demonic. But here's what happened. Jesus himself specifically addressed a demon, gave it a name, said there were many of them, told them to come out of the man, and it happened. I was watching a news interview recently with a Navy SEAL. Any of you heard of Jocko Willink? I love to listen to Jocko. I've read his books. And uh, he's a former Navy SEAL who's kind of a leadership guru in our world today. And he's got a lot of good things to say. He's not a Christian, but uh, he's got a lot of good things to say. So I listen to his podcast. If you listen to his podcast, there's some language in there because some soldiers talk that way. But... Uh, Somebody interviewed him. He's a big old tough guy. He's the guy you don't want to mess with, you know. And they interviewed him, and, and they said, uh, Jocko, do you believe in God? And he, he said this. He said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's a God. But I'll tell you this. He said, I have seen evil in the world in my career. Evil that seems to be beyond human evil. Evil that, I don't know if I'm quoting him exactly, but I think I'm fairly summing up what he said. Evil that seems to be almost supernatural. We see that kind of evil in our world today. One of the reasons I believe in demonic spirits is because of the evil that we see in the world today that's beyond human evil. 
when a young man can kill his own family and then walk into a school and slaughter many, many innocent elementary school children and teachers and kill them in cold blood. I want you to understand, my friends, that's an evil that is beyond human meanness. That's more than a kid being a rascal. That's more than a kid just being mean. There is a supernatural evil operating in that kid's life that wants to destroy human life. And I believe those problems are demonic problems. Now again, I want you to understand, not every problem is a demonic problem. Sometimes you may go to the doctor, you may be depressed. Anybody ever struggle with depression? I have. Anybody? Can I see your hands if you've ever felt depressed or struggled with that? I have. You may go to the doctor and the doctors say, you've got a physical problem and you need to take a pill. Do not think for a minute that that means that you're a worse Christian than anybody else because you need to take a pill. If a qualified physician tells you take a pill, then take the pill. I'm just going to trust Jesus. Well, he sent you a doctor. He gave you a whole bunch of medical science. He's got a guy or a lady with a bunch of education trying to help you here. So trust him by doing what the experts tell you to do. The qualified experts, not the self-proclaimed ones. Might need to make a distinction there. Sometimes you've got a physical problem and you need some medicine. Let me tell you, Upward Christian Fellowship, I or this church will never shame you for taking medicine. I'm thankful for doctors and I'm thankful for science and I'm thankful for the advances we've made as a world in that area. Amen. Sometimes you've got a psychological problem. Sometimes your thinking is stinking. Sometimes just the way you're processing things mentally and emotionally is out of whack. And somebody may tell you, you need to go to counseling. You know what you do then? Go! Talk to somebody. Standing around rebuking a demon when you won't address your real problem is not going to help your situation. If you need medicine, take some medicine. If you need counseling, go get you some counseling. I've done both of those things. I've taken medicine before. I've also been to counseling many times. And I'll go some more. Because you people wear me out. I have to go say, help me, please. On a Monday, I need counseling. No, I love y'all. But you wear me out once in a while. I need some counseling sometimes. It's okay. But sometimes you've got a spiritual problem. Sometimes there is a demonic problem. And when you've got a demonic stronghold in your life, you've got to be set free by the power of Jesus Christ. And there's not a pill that will help you with that problem. And there is no counseling that will help you with that problem. You've got to come face to face with Jesus Christ and get spiritually delivered from that demonic stronghold that is in your life. And believe me, those problems exist. Note what the Bible said about the man, Mark 5, 4. He said, no one was strong enough to subdue him. There was no human power 
that could subdue this man. They tried putting chains on him. It didn't work. The system couldn't solve his problem. Can I talk to you for a minute today? A lot of people out there saying the solution to our problems in our country and in our world today, a lot of the solution they say to the problems in the United States of America is changing the system. The system cannot deliver people with spiritual problems. No matter who's in power, no matter what laws exist, no matter what systems we put in place, those things, political systems, cannot solve spiritual problems. Jesus Christ has to show up and do that. I want you to remember this. A demonic problem can only be solved by a divine power. You know, many in our world today, though, deny that the supernatural world even exists. That's why I'm talking to you about the reality of the supernatural world. There is a supernatural world that is above this natural world that influences the things that happen in this natural world. Before these horrific events take place, when people are killed like we saw in the news, there is a spiritual battle being fought that manifests itself in the natural world. And if we deny that supernatural world, we're not even on the battlefield. You know, demons love it when we say they don't exist. Because you can't defeat an enemy that you don't even believe in. I'm going to say this. It may not be the most popular thing I ever say. Maybe it will be. What we need in our country today is not more legislation. We need a visitation from God. We need in the United States of America a visitation from God where He shows up and pours out His presence and His righteousness and His order on our world. We need a visitation. In June, we're going to start something. In June, I felt led in prayer this week to do, to do a 21-day fasting and prayer time as a church. We're going to come together. It starts on June the 9th, and it runs through June 30th. I'm going to preach about breakthrough prayers those three weeks. And I'm calling upon you and calling upon our church family and our online church family for 21 days starting June 9th. I'm calling on us to push away a meal. It may be one meal a day. It may be two meals a day. You may fast for a couple days. But every day, push away a meal and spend that time you would normally spend eating that meal in prayer. Asking God to visit us with His presence. When God's people pray, God begins to move. When God's people fast and pray, God can visit us and intervene in situations and turn us back in the right direction again. So we're going to pray. We're going to fast for 21 days starting June the 9th. And I pray that you'll join us as we ask God for a visitation. I want to talk to you also about the operation of demonic spirits. Now, I'm picking a fight with the devil today. But it's a fight he's already lost. I don't want to be guilty of the mistake of talking a whole lot about the devil and just a little bit about Jesus. So I want to say in this whole message, I want you to get this. 
the victory over demonic spirits is already won. When Jesus died and rose from the dead and ascended to heaven, it was game over for the devil. We're standing to enforce a victory that's already been won. But one of the biggest ways we can defeat demonic spirits in our lives is to understand how they operate. Let me tell you a few things about demons. First of all, demons love to isolate people. Verse 3 said, this man lived out in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained. He was back in a place of death and darkness. The Jews buried their people in caves and he would hide in those caves and he was all alone. Do you know demons love getting you alone all by yourself? They want to isolate you from people. You've got a demonic problem in your life. They will try to keep you away from this gathering. I want you to understand, this gathering we make here on Thursdays and on Sundays is critical to your spiritual health. It's critical to your life. Hebrews said, forsake not the assemblings of yourselves together. Because demons love to get us off by ourselves so they can beat us up. The enemy does not want you coming to church on Thursday or Sunday or any other day. Can I tell you something that happens very often? Very often this happens. I'll be preparing a message in the week and during the week and for the weekend, and I'll be praying over it and, and I'll be working on it. And very often as I pray over a message, I will I will see somebody's face in the family, in the church family. And God will really lay on my heart that this message is, is for them. It doesn't happen every week, but it happens a lot. As I prepare the message, God lays a person on my heart. And I will pray for that person specifically during the week. And I will pray that when they hear that word, they'll be impacted and their lives will change. It happens all the time, you know, that I'll just see a person, I'll pray. And sometimes I'm up here, and you may not realize this, but sometimes I'm preaching to one person. And everybody else just gets to listen in. Obviously, I'm preaching to everybody, and God does it for everybody but many times there'll be a person in the sanctuary or a person he's called me to pray for but this is the shocking thing I pray for that person through the week and I'm going to be honest with you more than 50% of the time that person's not there that weekend and I've been waiting on them and praying for them and believing that message would touch their heart and they're not here I'm not condemning anybody because sometimes you're going to miss church. You're going to go places. You're going to be sick. You're going to have issues. It's okay. You don't have to be here every single week. We're not checking attendance every week. But you need to take this time very seriously. Because God may have a word for you on that weekend that's specifically what you need to hear. What happened to that person that week? I believe the enemy came in and distracted them with something. And they went another direction. Demons like to isolate people. The devil doesn't want you in a connect group. That's even more powerful than what happens in this room. Because you're sitting across the table from somebody. The devil hates it when you go out and have breakfast with somebody at church. When you go out with a brother or sister or another family and sit down and have a meal together and talk about the things you're going through, the devil hates it because he wants you alone. Because demons isolate people. Demons also cause self-harm. 
What was the man doing? He's all alone. And it said day and night he wandered among the burial caves in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When you see a person who begins to mutilate their self, you can be sure that demonic spirits are involved in their lives. Sat down with a young lady many, many years ago. This is 20 years ago. She came to my office. Her mom brought her to me, young teenage girl. And her mom said, look at her arms. And her arms were just cut all to pieces. And I said, dear, what happened to you? She said, I do this to myself. She would literally take razor blades and just cut her body. And I said, help me, dear. I want to pray for you. I want to understand this. And she said, I do this because when I feel pain out here, I don't feel it so much in my heart. She said, it's a distraction from the pain inside. This man did the same thing. He cut himself. If you read back in the Old Testament, Elijah the prophet went up on the hill and he was, there was a godly showdown with the prophets of Baal, false religion. And they did the same thing. They cut themselves to a, try to get the attention of their gods. Jesus Christ will never cause you self-harm. There are demons out there who want you to destroy yourself. And their ultimate goal is for you to destroy your own life. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Thank God the verse didn't stop there. He said, but I have come that they might have life and they may have it more abundantly. The abundant life is what Jesus offers you. All the enemy will offer you is death. Thirdly, demons issue threats. Jesus demanded, what, are your name? what is your name? And the demon began speaking out of the man, the demons, plural. said, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. They're trying to say, Jesus, there's a bunch of us in here. The word legion is a military term. Signifying at least 6,000 soldiers. Anywhere from, depending on who you read, from 6,000 to 12,000 soldiers were in a Roman legion. Demons are that. They are evil spiritual soldiers who are organized to take and to keep ground in your heart and in your life and in your community. Well, this is heavy today, isn't it? Celebrated with baptism. Now we're talking about this. But I want you to understand, when we expose him for who he really is, we expose demonic spirits for who they really are, we can overcome them and tell them where to go and get them out of our lives. Demons issue threats. You'll hear people describe demonic activity as voices in their heads. The voices told me to do this. Had a young man not long ago uh, come to me for uh, counseling, for, for help. He was having a very serious problem, and he was hearing voices again and again telling him to do terrible things that were destructive to himself and others. And he came into my office and sat down and cried, and I prayed with him and asked God to help him and challenged him to make some good decisions in his life to help himself. And he said this sitting in my office. He said, you know, I hear these voices all the time. And he said, since I walked into this building, I can't hear them anymore. And he came back again a couple weeks later. 
And he said, I just like being here because when I walk in this building, when I walk on this property, he said, the voices stop. And I said, I'm, you know why that is? This property's been dedicated to Jesus Christ. And the devil has no authority on this property to mess with you. His voice is silenced on this property because of who Jesus is and because of what this place is. You see, this ground is holy ground. This building is a holy place. Amen? Amen? That doesn't mean we can't drink coffee in here. Drink your coffee if you like it. If you like coffee, I don't understand why you do, but drink coffee. It's not what that means. We say it's holy. We mean this. The devil has no power here. Demons like to issue threats. They like to tell you what they're going to do in your life. Demons also want to stay local. They like localities. Mark 5.10 said the evil spirits begged him. I love this. As soon as the demonic spirits got in Jesus' presence, they start begging for mercy. They begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. Number one, demons like to set up in a community and like to mess with that community and they know the people of that community and the weaknesses of that community and they're assigned to that community to own that community. That's why we're saying Henderson County belongs to Jesus Christ. That's why we're saying Western North Carolina belongs to Jesus Christ. That's why we're making declarations over places. That's why I'm going on prayer walks now. I walked downtown Hendersonville this week and I just walked up and down the street and I said, Jesus, this is yours. Every place I step belongs to you and the devil's not going to have any authority here and we take charge over him. Demons want to stay in localities. You know what's going to happen when we fast and pray for 21 days? There's some demons been living in Henderson County far too long that are going to have to leave because the church is rising up to say no. Can I get an amen? All right, I'm going to preach to you. You shouldn't have clapped right there because I'm going to preach a little more. You start clapping, I'm going to tell you more. We're, we're waiting on government to solve the problem, but in the spirit realm, the church is God's government. Can I get an amen? In the spiritual world, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the government. And we have authority over spiritual problems in our community. I'm not rebuking demons in Raleigh. I don't live in Raleigh. The church over there can handle that. But I'm standing in Henderson County, and Polk County, and Transylvania County, and Western North Carolina, and I'm saying, you've put us here, Jesus. And we're running the devil out of our community. I tell you, I believe if the church stands up to pray, a lot less young people are going to be dying on drugs because we'll rebuke the spirit out of this place. I believe if the church will stand up and pray, there'll be a lot less domestic violence because we'll stand up against that spirit. I told you I'm picking a fight with the devil. He's going to try to hit back, but let me tell you, he's already defeated in Jesus' name. He can't stop what, what's about to happen. They love to stay local. Let me tell you something else about them. There's a place that the Bible talks about called the pit where demons can be sent 
If you read the same story, this same story is over in the book of Matthew. And Matthew, I'm skipping too far ahead. I'll get there in a minute. Pause. Demons want to stay local. Demons need a host. They need somebody to operate through. What about the pigs? Send us into those pigs. Let us enter them. Interesting theory about this. There was a regiment of Roman soldiers, a subdivision of a legion that dwelt in Judea. I believe they said it was the 10th regiment. And it was comprised of exactly 2,000 soldiers. And the banner that they carried had a pig on it. One guy came up with a theory that he believes Jesus allowing these demons to go into 2,000 pigs and the pigs to die is an object lesson that Jesus has power over earthly forces like Rome. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a good thought because he does. I believe more than anything it's an object lesson in this. Those pigs had no spiritual life had no relationship with God like humans can. And when the demons entered them, they were absolutely defenseless. And it's an object lesson demonstrating to us what the devil wants to do to all of us and what he would do to us if there wasn't the restraint of the Holy Spirit keeping us safe. People say, that's cruel to those pigs. I don't like to see that much bacon wasted either. <laughs> Hickory smoked bacon is wonderful. One of the reasons I love the New Testament, because it says, thou can eat bacon. It's in the book of Acts. Read it. <laughs> Got to lighten this up somehow, right? Let me tell you about the power of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to quit. The power of Jesus Christ. Number one, demons recognize Jesus' power. With a shriek, the man screamed. The demons threw him, said, why are you interfering us? Jesus, the son of the most high God, demons recognize Jesus' power. When a demon comes in contact with Jesus, you say, preacher, have you ever cast out a devil? I have many times. That people come to me and say, I've got a demonic problem. Let me tell you how you cast out devils. You help people see the lies that they've believed. And you get them to correct that. You get him to confess the truth rather than a lie. Because the way a demon stays in your life is you believe a lie. You get people to deal with the hurts that they've experienced. You get them to forgive the people that hurt them. You get them to forgive themselves for their own failures. You get them proclaiming the truth of God's word over their lives. You deal with sinful patterns in their family. Then you tell those demons to go, and guess what happens? They go. Because they have no authority to stay in that person's life anymore. I sat out not long ago, uh, back out in the lobby, what used to be the lobby back there about where the sound booth is with a young man who had a demonic problem. And he said, I've got this demonic spirit inside of me that's messing with me. And we walked through some forgiveness. We walked through some confession of the Word of God. And you may have seen these fantastic demonic deliverance services where people yell and spit and scream and throw up. It wasn't anything like that. Thank God. You know why? Because the demon recognized no authority. And I took authority over that demon in the name of Jesus Christ and said, get out of this young man. And I'm going to tell you, I saw that thing come out of him. 
He exhaled. And he was free. And he's still free today. Amen. Because Jesus has power over demons. And they recognize it. They know it. Secondly, I love this part. I got to quit. I'm over now. Oh, goodness. Demons also understand their future. Now, Matthew, that I got ahead because I love this so much. Matthew told this story. And the demons in, in Matthew's account said, Jesus, have you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? They know they've got a limited time. Demons believe the Bible more than some Christians do. Because they know their time is short. Lastly, and I'm quitting, promise you, demons leave at Jesus' command. I love this. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. And he was, this was Gentile territory by the way. Jesus said, don't go with us, go tell your family. And the man went to the Decapolis, the ten towns. He was the first missionary to the Gentiles. Was a man who was naked, cutting himself, screaming and howling in the tombs. Was the first. You can go to that place today. You can go over where the Decapolis was. And you can tell them now, I know the first person to share the gospel of Jesus Christ was the crazy wolf man of the Gerasenes. The naked, howling, bleeding guy who scared everybody in town was the first one to tell what Jesus had done for him. Will you bow your heads with me? Thank you, Jesus, for your word today. Heavy word, challenging word, but Jesus, I'm thankful today that you're speaking to us this morning. I pray for people in this building and watching online right now that will acknowledge the reality of the supernatural world. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking we're too smart for that. Forgive us for ignoring many times the real problem, the spiritual problem. Anybody just say here today, honestly, I want to acknowledge the supernatural world and acknowledge that it's real. Can I see your hands right now? I want to acknowledge that. It's real. I believe it. I want to live as if it's really there, as it is. I wonder how many would say honestly, just very honestly right now, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord today and inviting Him to be the Lord of my life. Can I see your hands right now? Can I see them? Anybody this morning? I'm not missing anybody. Anybody, I'm saying yes to Jesus as Savior and Lord. Don't be afraid. Can anybody say, Pastor, I think I've got some spiritual problems. will not embarrass you, I promise you. I've got some spiritual problems. And I want to be set free. Can I see your hands this morning? Yep, I see them. I see them. Amen. We're going to take authority over those things right now. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. Would you just stand right now? Now, awkward moment here. Awkward moment. You ready? I want you to look at the people that are around you right now. Look at them, your neighbors, right? All right? Some of them, that's husband and wife. If you're willing to, 
we've just come through a pandemic. So this is the thing we haven't wanted to say for two years. If you're willing to, can you put your hand on somebody's shoulder right now? Now, if you don't want somebody's hand on their shoulder, you don't have to have one. Don't fight with them. Just let them know you don't know fights breaking out. Doesn't that feel good? We're going to take authority right now over every demonic stronghold in your lives. Those of you online, you're with us today. So right there in your living room, wherever you are, start to say your car, but I hope you're not watching this driving. Um, we're going to take authority over demonic spirits in our family right now and tell them to get out. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the work that you do. We're thankful that we have a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. And for your glory and for your majesty alone, we're asking you to manifest your presence on this earth in this moment right now. Be everything you want to be to everybody in this place right now. And now as your shepherd, as your pastor, as the under-shepherd to the good shepherd. I take authority right now in the name of Jesus over every demonic spirit operating in every life in this room or in this online family right now. I take authority over every lie, every wound, every outpost, every piece of ground, metaphorically speaking, in every heart. And I proclaim the power of Jesus Christ over your life. And now in Jesus' name, I command that demonic spirit to go and to leave you, to be gone from this place. You have no authority, no power. We cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. And your people are now free. For he who the Son has set free is free indeed. We speak as a body. Don't quit on me yet. We speak as a body to demonic strongholds in Henderson County specifically. And we command these strongholds to be broken in Jesus' name. They have to come down. They have to stop their operation. The spirit of drugs has to be broken in Jesus' name. It has to leave our community. Suicide has to leave our community. Greed has to leave our community in Jesus' name stand in power and authority in that mighty name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 138 says, lift your hand to receive blessing from God. Though I'm surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your right hand and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for your life, for your faithful love. commission you go out of this place take Jesus to your world amen see you next time love y'all so much thanks for bearing with us today be blessed thanks so much for listening to this week's upward journey if you would like to find out more about upward Christian fellowship in Flat Rock North Carolina you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash upward Christian fellowship we invite you to join us next week as we continue the upward journey.